to Students Incorporated, a podcast where we dive into relevant topics and issues related to the world of business, technology, education, and design. I'm your host, Mr. Jason. Episodes include student conversations, interviews with thought leaders, and inspirational stories with an international flavor. This podcast is created and produced with the help of students from the International Community School of Bangkok. In today's episode, we will be exploring fathers from different generations. I am Darren Waddenholm and will be hosting you today. I'd also like to introduce my two co-hosts, Lion and Linda, and our two guests today, Mr. Ben and his father-in-law, Mr. Jason. But before we start, let's hand our mic over to the co-hosts. Thank you, Darren. How about we discuss the quote of the day, a famous Gen X dad, a pretty good teacher as well, and the man who controls my grade in this class, once said that if something is worth doing, then it's worth doing well. But before we get to our dad talk with Mr. Ben and Mr. Jason, here are some headlines from our news desk. We have successfully completed one month of this school year, only seven more to go. I can't believe that one-eighth of our school year is already done. In regional news, Bangkok's 199 hotline is blowing up with calls about snakes every 15 minutes. Watch out! Also, after 32 years, the clearest UFO picture has recently been rediscovered. The photo was taken on August 4, 1990 and was given to the Ministry of Defense and is now available on public domains. Thanks for those headlines, Linda. Now let's begin the first part of our episode. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Jason, our Gen X dad, and Mr. Ben, our millennial dad. Hey, can I jump in here and say something about the quote of the day? Uh, you mentioned the quote, if some if something is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Well, I remember my grandfather using that quote when I was young, and my parents also said that to me a lot. So, and now I find myself telling people that as well, especially my kids and my students and my employees. So I wanted to look it up and find out where that quote came from. So here's what I found, if that's all right. Uh, the quote is now considered an idiom now because it is said in different ways, but the message is the same. So the original quote goes like this, whatever is worth doing at all is worth doing well. And according to Google, it was uh, written by a guy named Philip Stanhope, a British man who was the fourth Earl of Chesterfield. He was a politician, of course. He actually published a book titled, Letters to His Son on the Art of Becoming a Man of the World and a Gentleman. Mm -hmm and it was published in 1774. Maybe a, a good book for your class, Ben. Yeah, I love it. And this. that quote was in one of his letters to his son. So it's worth, if it's worth doing, do it well. I think that's great advice. By the way, thanks for letting me interrupt. It's very cool that that quote was passed down from Weimar to Weimar. I'm interested to know if that is used in Miss Asia's class. Now, uh, Lion and Linda have some great questions they'd like to ask both of you. Oh, yes, uh, I, I do have a great question for both of you. Now, our first question is for Mr. Jason, our Gen X dad here. <laughs> Can you tell us about the first time you met Mr. Ben, the millennial dad, and what your first impressions were? Well, man, uh, yes, story about how I met Ben. It's a, it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it, keep it short. So my wife and I were taking Asia back to America for her freshman year of college, and uh, my wife then had to come back to Thailand to start her job because her job, her teaching job started earlier in August. And so we were towards the end of August and I was there in uh, Indiana with Asia at the university that she was attending. 
just her and I walking around, kind of figuring things out for her freshman year. And we were in a, a building on campus and she just wanted to, you know, kind of get the lay of the land, see the campus. And I came down to this hallway and there's these two guys working in the hallway. And I think, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are working on some IT stuff in a closet or on a router or something, right? Yep, yep, right? that's correct. So one of the one of the guys I actually knew from my college years, um, 25 plus years ago, and his name was Jake. And I was like, whoa, Jake, I haven't seen you in 20 years. Uh, what's going on? So we were catching up and there stood Asia and Ben just kind of standing there in silence. And awkward silence. Yeah. So finally, we kind of introduced them and said, hey, this is my daughter, Asia. And Jake's like, this is Ben. He works for the college and IT department. And yeah, I, I just remember thinking, oh, this very nice gentleman. He's he's polite, respectful. And um, yeah, it was it was a it was a good experience for me. What, what do you think then? No. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty accurate. I, I think the only thing I would add to that is that you and your daughter, Asia, were actually not supposed to be in that building on the campus <laughs> when you were there. So you were already kind of rule breakers when I met you. And I was like, huh, who are these people with this unique approach? I did not because <laughs> I was a polite, mature young man. But that was... Uh, yeah, that was a fun way to meet for the first time. Yes, for we sure. Were, we were breaking. Just one quick follow-up question. I think I can speak for all ICS students when I think we know Mr. Ben is known for looking fly, always looking fresh. Was he dressed nice that day? Um, I don't necessarily remember what he was wearing, but I do remember thinking, I think this guy could take me if we had to go. So I for sure was like, yeah, this guy would be good for my daughter. Uh, he could totally protect her if he had to. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. I'm flattered. So, I'm flattered. Super Thank mature. But, hey, it's an important thing for a dad, you know? Oh, that's funny. Well, Mr. Ben, what was your first impression of Mr. Jason? Did he give you, did that talk about marrying his daughter? Wow, okay, so my first impression of Mr. Jason would have been that moment when we first saw each other in that building. And I remember just being like, this is a well put together man, as you guys can see. Now, now that you've had Mr. Jason in class, he's, he is also a pretty fly dresser in the words of Mr. Darren over here. So yeah, that was probably my first impression, but I didn't have many interactions with Jason until later in that year when he sent me an email to ask me to take Miss Asia to the airport. Now, this had been like two or three months after I had met them, so I had no relationship at all with either of them at this point. So I got this email out of the blue from Mr. Jason, well-worded, saying, hey, I don't know anybody else around the campus. Will you take my daughter to the airport? And the first thing that popped into my head was, "I'm trying. he's trying to set me up with his daughter. I was not, but my wife was, okay. It's true, there were shenanigans happening in the background, but, um, but regardless, that was a good introduction to Mr. Jason. And after things had progressed a little bit further, I remember sending him an email to say, hey, can we have a video call because I'm pretty old school and I wanted to be like, can I have permission to date your daughter? Which is super old school. And at this point, you know, 
I don't even know. It's not really a normal thing to do anymore. But at the time I was like, I was something I wanted to do. So I sent him this email. He responds back to me and he sends like, sure, let's set up a date. And then underneath it, he has a picture of him holding a shotgun <laughs> from, I don't know when, but I remember that and I was like, okay. And it, and it was like, it was a picture of him looking really serious too, like serious face holding a shotgun. And I remember actually thinking that it was like funny. Mr. Jason has a sense of humor yeah. and I was, and I loved it. Remember yeah. the picture on my shirt? This Clint Eastwood. Oh, was it Clint Eastwood? Yeah, it was, was it Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood? I don't, okay, so I didn't remember that. I'm glad you took it as a joke. <laughs> it was serious too. It was yeah, there's, you know, obviously it was like saying, hey, be careful with my daughter, but it was also like a funny yeah. moment. You're so. just sitting there like, sir, I promise I will be <laughs> the best airport driver yes. you have ever seen. This was after that, but yeah. yeah. Um, when I asked for Jason's permission to marry Miss Asia, I... Yeah, I was definitely nervous. Uh, I asked him if we could go out to eat at a restaurant. And I didn't say why, but I think he kind of knew because we've been dating for a while. And at that point I was like pretty, I was pretty serious about it. And so I asked if we could go out and it was actually super, super chill for the most part. I remember that Mr. Jason was just really easy to talk to. And I told him like, pretty straight out what, what I was there for. I wanted to ask for his daughter's hand. And he didn't make me like jump through hoops or, or do anything crazy to have that conversation. And he said yes. And I do remember that at the end of it, he just gave me some great advice. He was like, if I could give you one piece of advice, it would be to pursue contentment mm -hmm. in your relationship and in your marriage moving forward. And yeah, that was impactful for me. So. It was a good experience, That's Linda. Good. It's a good experience. Thank you for that, Mr. Ben. I'd be pretty intimidated if, you know, the, uh, my crush's dad sent me a picture of him holding a shotgun. <laughs> I'd really rethink my choices there. <laughs> but anyway, here's your next question, all right? So what are your favorite things to do together? Like, what do you do when you hang out, you know, father and son bonding, like playing catch like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do play catch in a way, kind of in a yeah. different way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say one of the ways that we, like, just hang out together. We play basketball a lot, which is fun. Uh, we also have something we call Friday night dinner. Mm -hmm, and that's kind mm -hmm. of a planned thing. We try to do that every Friday night. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where we just get together as a family and cook together and hang out and talk about the week. So that's fun. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh, I'd, I'd like some of the conversations we have. We'll talk about cryptocurrency or you know the latest thing happening <laughs> around the world. NFTs, yes, which I'm very skeptical about. But Mr. Jason has a more open opinion to those. But um, I'm a little more optimistic. A little more optimistic than I am. I'm kind of pessimistic when it comes to that. But um, yeah, so things like that, I think, just getting to do life together while we live so close here in Bangkok, it's it's uh, been a blessing, honestly. So. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, one of the other big things that we do together is hang out with his, my new grandson, his new son. Yes. Uh, so yes. that's a lot of fun, trying to make him laugh and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so see what new pajamas he has. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, one thing I really actually appreciate about Ben, it kind of leads me into this thought, is that he has adopted some of my hobbies, mm -hmm. um, which I think says a lot about his character. So another great... Um, I guess advice for those out there wanting to, who may be getting married or, uh, you know, have in-laws already is to 
join into a hobby that your in-laws are doing. Mm. Uh, even if it's not like the, the your favorite thing to do, I feel like doing that really says a lot about your character, but it also allows you to get to know them uh, kind of in a way that is is not necessarily, oh, they're my in-laws. You know, I've always got to be this way around them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's more about, hey, you can do something together to have fun and enjoy. And at the end of the day, you might learn like a new board game or mm -hmm. you might learn how to play basketball better mm -hmm. or, uh, yeah, anyways, play trivia better. So like, so like, what was that main yeah. hobby? What was, what, what was like the, the main hobby that he kind of adopted? Um, I think at least one big thing that stuck out to me is when we first met, when we were back in America, um, I forget what time it was, but uh, when we were back there, um, ben had heard that I had played basketball at the college that yeah. I attended. So yeah. he's like, hey, I would love to play one-on-one -on -one with you. Whoa. And I was like, huh. you know, and at this point, I didn't know if Ben played basketball at all. Oh, then, shoot. I remember this story. And then, <laughs> he, he said, oh, by the way, I've never played organized basketball necessarily, like on a team and stuff. So my thought was, oh, man, I don't want to, like, destroy this kid. I don't want to. <laughs> You know, I don't want to, but when we went out and played, like he really held his own. He did a great job. He didn't back down. And so to me, that said a lot about, hey, he's not afraid to jump into something like that. And so that was, yeah, that was a lot to me. So Yeah, and I'll, I'll bounce in there. I completely forgot when I invited Mr. Jason to do that, that he played on a college basketball team. Oh. So I was like, oh, this is just going to be a fun game of pickup with, you know, my future father-in-law it was not <laughs> mr jason was well, don't. driving up and down the court and playing amazing so i remember talking to miss asia after that and being like wow i was not expecting that <laughs> to just flat out destroy me but it was fun and yes. i did enjoy it and it so it was a good time mm. yes thank you for sharing those memories our final question for this segment is how has being a father father transformed your lives um, I'd say for me, like I'm just starting out on this journey. My son Wesley is uh, almost four months old, so I'm definitely still learning these things as they happen. But I think the first thing that I've started to learn is how to change my view of quote unquote my time, what that looks like. And it's kind of funny because I think before I had a child, I didn't fully realize what my capacity was to give more of my time away. You know, there, there were times in the past when I was like, oh, I'm doing so much at school, I'm doing so much with my wife, with my family, like I'm giving away all the time I can give. And then when you have your first child, you realize, wait a minute, there's way more that I can give than I thought was even possible. So I think that's one of the first things. And then another thing is just very much and this sounds a little cliche, but it's true. It broadens and has broadened my perspective on what love looks like. Mm. I think, you know, until you've held a your child in your hands, it's it's hard to describe what that additional kind of feeling and and love for that child is as it grows. So, those are probably the two things that have have been standing out to me as I've started this journey. What about you, Mr. Jason? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I've been on this journey for a little bit longer, but I do <laughs> I do remember having kind of like your child in your hands when they're a baby and you're just like, wow, I'm responsible for this thing. <laughs> um, I do not want to screw uh, this thing up. And it's not a thing, but, you know, you're thinking, oh, man, this is just a huge responsibility. Um, 
yeah, being a father, father has taught me a lot about myself, good and bad, like the things that I want to work on better. And it's just a continual, I guess, learning journey on how to become a better person, a better father. There, it's a full-time gig. There's no days off. There's no vacation days. Um, yeah, it grows you and shapes you, challenges you. Uh, it brings great joy. It also, I feel like, can bring great sorrow depending on what goes on in your family. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a unique role. Uh, fathers, whether they know it or not, hold great influence and they have a lot of power in their kids' lives. Uh, that actually reminds me of another quote, if it's okay if I add another quote in here. Is that okay? Um, yeah. So, you know the character Uncle Ben? Uh, and he's Peter Parker's uncle. <laughs> well, remember in Spider-Man, actually I grew up with Spider-Man comics, so that was kind of my superhero growing up. And you know, now it's a movie and everybody enjoys going to the movie. But you know, back in the old day, it was all about comics. <laughs> well, Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, so yeah, to answer that question, it completely transformed every aspect of my life. And there's a lot of responsibility because a, a, a dad or a father has a lot of influence in a kid's life. Mm. So, I just want to ask one quick follow-up question before we break. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of communication and a lot of uh, planning before having a child. Would you say there's a moment where you're both like fully ready, or is there definitely a leap of faith that needs to be done? Ben, you can answer. Yeah, I'll start with that. The, Since this is so fresh in my mind, <laughs> let me tell you that no, there is not a moment <laughs> where you're like, I'm fully ready for this at all. I think that there is a moment when you decide this is something that I want mm -hmm. and I'm willing to push through the uncertainty to have this thing. But, oh boy, I can't think of anything that would have really prepared me for the moment of having a child. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, I don't think there is a, a time. It's, I think it's a decision. When are you ready to decide that you want to do this? Mm. All right, and with that, we'll be right back in a moment with more of a Gen X dad versus millennial dad. ICS's very own literature club is hosting a book drive for pre-loved children's books. If you have books suitable for lower elementary students, please consider donating them. The collection boxes will be placed at the front of school, past the turnstiles, and in the media center. If you have any questions, you can contact the leaders, Linda Cho, Eliza Mast, and Ron Kotari. We are back with the two dads. It's great to hear your different perspectives and stories about fatherhood and just your experiences of being a dad. With that said, let's jump back into our questions. All right, so Mr. Jason, what differences do you encounter between raising a daughter and raising a son? Wow, I could write a book about this actually. Um, I think some of those differences depend on your own cultural upbringing and your personal family culture. Uh, for me, I'm a product of the 1970s and 80s Midwest USA culture. Amen. <laughs> I also come from a very <laughs> Christian home. Um, so I grew up in a conservative part of the country and I grew up in a conservative family environment. Um, so that really affects how I parent and how I think and my perspectives. Uh, my personality or attitude actually sometimes can contradict my upbringing 
in that I tend to want to bend the rules if the rules don't make a lot of sense to me. And you can ask my wife about that. Uh, so when I became a dad for the first time and my firstborn was a daughter, I really had to think about how I wanted to raise her and what time, uh, type of example I wanted to be for her. Um, I didn't want her to know that I you know, would drive too fast sometimes. I didn't want her to know that sometimes I would let a bad word slip, usually when I was driving. Um, so there was like things about that, that kind of like the rough edges that children start to bring out in you. And so those are the things, uh, yeah, that I, especially for the daughter, I, I really wanted her to kind of look up to me and think of me as kind of like the hero. And because of my upbringing and the culture that I lived in, um, we being a hero was a big part of like um, what we wanted to be as fathers. We we wanted to make sure that we could protect our kids and especially our daughter. Um, I'm a guy. I know what guys think a lot of times. So those are the things I thought about as a father. Switching to my son, it was very different. Um, I felt like I could be a little more free as far as like not necessarily so refined. But I also felt like I was more strict on my older son. Um, and then I have a younger son now as well. So, and I parent them a little bit differently just because of my, the age gap. But um, yeah, I was a little freer uh, with my daughter. Uh, she could get away with a little bit more uh, with me um, than with her mom. And I usually took her side. <laughs> but then on my son, I put a lot of pressure on my son to kind of fit that mold of, Hey, you've got to be, uh, you got to grow up to be a leader and uh, a good example, and you got to be tough. And so, yeah, parenting, I guess, a daughter and a son is very differently. So, this next question is for the both of you, but maybe we can start with the newest father, Mr. Ben. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges about being a father? Mm, yeah, that's a good question, Linda. I think that probably the first thing that pops into my head when I think about challenges is just overcoming my own natural selfishness, which is, it's a funny thing to say, but I think we all like, you know, have this tendency to want to address our own needs first before we look to other people's needs. And that's, that's pretty normal. That's pretty human. But, you know, when you get married, there's this moment where you realize, oh, it's now me and somebody else. And I, I have to start looking to that other person. And then you add a baby and you're like, oh, now I have to start looking to this other person. And then you suddenly realize, like, even if you think that you're a pretty selfless person, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You have like all these things that still are vying for your attention and, and your, your needs. So uh, I'd say that being a dad, I've had to really start learning how much of myself I can give away and how much of that is necessary with my son. So that's a, that's on a more serious note. On a lighter note, it's just having to work during the day and be away from him um, while my wife is being a rock star and, and taking care of him at home is rough sometimes. She'll send me like photos and videos of him doing stuff or, or like new things that he's doing while I'm away. And it just kind of breaks my heart to like, see this and I want to be there for it so um, yeah those are those are two things that I've found challenging so far in, in the last three or four months yeah I I jump in here too uh, I think time is a big a big thing because there's so many things vying for a time and at least what I feel in my opinion uh, just about being a dad or a father and a mother um, is that time equals love so 
Um, when the when your kids are young and you spend time with them, they feel that, hey, my parents love me because they're with me. They're spending a lot of time with me. So uh, that's one, I guess, one thing that would be a challenge is just balancing that time between work and other things, responsibilities. Um, yeah, I, another challenge is finding the one or two things that your kids really enjoy doing, and maybe you don't really like doing those, but um, I have a really funny yeah, funny story, if, if I can tell that. Is that okay? Go ahead. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Uh, for, for example, and this is um, this is cool, actually. It's not not super funny, but it's, it's kind of a cool story about my older son. Uh, so, for example, my older son, he is now a professional yo-yo player. I didn't know if you knew that. Um, Whoa. Yeah, so I'm not. He, so, but he's he's actually sponsored by Atmos Yoyos. It's a yo-yo company, and he gets bond, like he gets focused. Like they take videos, they put them on his on the Instagram account. He does things for them. Uh, they send him their product, and he you know plays with it. <laughs> Um, it's called a skill toy, by the way. Yo-Yo is called a skill toy. Um, <laughs> but he's been in competitions in Thailand and the U.S. But, you know, going back to that that idea of entering into something that, you, that your kids are interested in, um, I found myself driving to Orlando, Florida with my son in the car going to this world championship <laughs> yo-yo contest. And I had no idea like this stuff existed. Uh, uh, and it's not something I, I'm good at at all. Like I tried and I'm horrible, but um, just that idea, like spending time with them, doing things with them that um, that they really enjoy, I feel like. And he talks, he talks about that to this day, which is really mm -hmm. cool. So. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that kind of like uh, ties into what Mr. Ben and even you were saying about how just adapting and mm -hmm. showing some mm -hmm. interest to things other people like mm -hmm. can mean a whole lot more than that just by showing that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Great story. Thank you very much. I also didn't know that there was a yo-yo championship, a global one at that. <laughs> yes, there is. There is. I didn't either. <laughs> My next question for you guys are, how do you decide what to name your children? Any personal connections to their names? I know there's a lot of story behind names, mine included. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that you say that line because I think Asia and I definitely approach naming from two very different backgrounds. Um, Asia was much more interested in choosing a name that she enjoyed the sound of and it had kind of like a playful sort of feel to it. Whereas um, I come from a family that's big on like giving meaning behind names. Like does the name mean something that you want to like speak over your child kind of thing. So that's something that's been kind of ingrained in me as well. So when we were talking about names, we were like, you know, going back and forth between like a biblical name or a name that means something in another language. And then Miss Asia was talking about names like things from nature or like a country or, or something like that. And so we had a lot of discussion back and forth to figure out, okay, what's something that we could both agree on that, you know, has some meaning, but it's also kind of a fun name. And that's actually how we landed on Wesley for our first kid. That's so cute. Because um, the name literally means West Field. If you break it apart, it's mm -hmm. West and then Lee is an old English word for field. So I liked it because it kind of has a connotation of peacefulness and, mm -hmm. and serenity, which is something I wanted to, to speak over our son's life. Um, and also some cool heritage with some of Christian figures in the past that have been named Wesley. 
And then Asia liked it because she likes the name. <laughs> she, <laughs> she likes the sound of the name. Yeah. So yes, that, yeah. yeah, so that was the story behind that. Our future kids, uh, I don't know. I kind of imagine it'll be something similar, but yeah. We uh, and then for his middle name, we went after a family connection. Mm-hmm. Um, the yo-yo player Coleman has been a big part of uh, Miss Asia's life, so we chose that as a as a middle name. And it was great. Maybe you can teach Westling some tricks. <laughs> yeah, some yo-yo tricks. That'd be great. Start him young. Well, we, my wife and I, chose uh, our daughter's name. She was our firstborn because um, we really liked the sound of it. And we liked how it looked written down. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought our firstborn was actually going to be a boy. But then the night before we went into the hospital, um, we found out it was going to be a girl. So we had kind of Asia back in our, you know, our thoughts that it wasn't forefront. Um, but that, but that night we were like, well, I guess we're having Asia. So that was, that was really fun. And my wife had, um, I think when she was student teaching, she had a girl in her class whose name was Asia. And I remember her coming home one day and saying, that's just a, such a beautiful name. So, so we named Asia that. And then our older son, uh, cause we love the outdoors. Um, and I kind of grew up doing a lot of hunting and fishing growing up, camping. Um, I had a lot of, I had a lot of like uh, camping material that had the name Coleman on it because that's a brand in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so in college in a graphic design class, our professor asked us to redesign a logo. And so I took the name Coleman and redesigned it and I wrote it out. We had to do it just by hand. So I did that and I brought it, I brought it back and I showed uh, my my fiance at the time, she was like, wow, that's really cool. We should name our son that. And so that's where Coleman's name came from. Kind of kind of interesting. So he's named after the outdoors or camping equipment. And then our youngest son, Everest, is a combination of both. And um, we were surprised when we found out we were gonna have him. Um, and so Asia was away, I think, on a trip with some of her friends. And some of her friends asked her, hey, what, what are your parents gonna name your brother? And she was like, they don't know yet. And so one of her friends said, hey, why don't you name him Everest? And because, hey, Mount Everest is outdoors, obviously, most famous mountain on earth, and it's in Asia. So it's a combination of kind of like my son's, my older son's name and our daughter's name. So his name's Everest. That's so. clever. I love that. Hey, can I can I interrupt for a second? Line, you said there's a story behind your name. What's what's that? Yes, we in love brief, to hear that. In brief. Uh, so my old name, my dad gave me, it was something like very traditional, very tribal for Thai people. But then everyone would think I, you know, came from the mountains or something, lived, uh, you know, in the tribes. (laughs) I didn't like that. I don't know why, but I didn't like that. My dad noticed that I didn't like the name either. So one day he asked me what I wanted to be named instead, what I wanted to be called. And at the time I was a kid, right? And I was watched Lion King. It was one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. So of course my brain, young lion's brain, just said, "Yeah, I want to be called Lion," and the name stuck. <laughs> that is amazing. It's great for the that. podcast. Too. <laughs> was there ever a time when, like, your wife said a name and they were like, "I really like this name," but you were like, "Ooh," so you had to kind of like kindly be like, "Maybe not that." It typically, yeah. <laughs> typically, a name was attached to someone that you knew personally, mm-hmm. um, and maybe sometimes you didn't like that person. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people think that way. Like, oh, I, we can never use that name because I grew up with a kid like that, and he was, he wasn't very nice. Or 
So we did have conversations like that. Did you and Asia? Yeah, I, I think similar, similar, similarly to that, we had some uh, situations like that. But also just like sometimes you know one of us just didn't like the sound of right the game. And yeah, just yeah like eh, got to talk about it That's i remember serious when i was in your class i was trying to convince you to name your son darren austin cliff <laughs> <laughs> you know i was considering uh one of some of those names at one point, so that says anything about the impact y'all had that's there you go very cool shifting the conversation to a lighter topic since this episode is about dads do you have any dad jokes for us Yes, I have two that I have selected. One that I've known for a very long time before I was even a dad, and I'll, I'll start with that one. So, where does the king keep his armies? Up his sleeveys. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you, that's probably the best one I've ever had. Mr. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I got another one uh, that I found recently that I was like, yeah, this is, this is good dad humor. You know, people say they pick their nose, but I feel like I was just born with mine. Oh man, that's a great. Boom! <laughs> Where's the drum? <laughs> we need that. Set that in. Um, I, yeah, I got a list of four. Uh, I tried to keep on the theme of like kids or babies. So, uh, so number one, what do you call an army of babies? Infantry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> number two, how do monsters discipline their kids? They take away their scream time. Oh, that's good. And number three, why was the child's blanket arrested? For being an accessory to a kid napping. <laughs> and the then best. number four, why do they call them dad jokes? Because if mom made them, it would be called a baby. <laughs> okay. I'm still in stitches and reeling from laughter. I cannot recover. I just experienced peak comedy. But I would love to continue this session, but unfortunately, we are running out of time. So our last questions are, ignore that bell. Mr. Ben, what is one thing you have learned in the past few months about being a new father? I would say how absolutely amazing it is to see a new life enter this world. It is seeing my son grow and experience things and try new things and like just watching him in a few months, all the changes that are happening, such a privilege. And Mr. Jason, if you could do one thing differently as a father, what would it be? Uh, to be honest, um, there are many things I could come up with. Uh, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I think one that stands out the most is, uh, it's kind of general, is to be less selfish and more giving. Um, I think that's something that, like Ben touched on earlier, just as becoming a parent, you really uh, learn a lot about, um, yeah, selfishness, but also uh, learn how to give a lot more as a person. And so being a father really teaches you about yourself. So that's one thing I would... I definitely am still working on and, and would love to, I wish I could change some things in the past about that, but hey, yeah, to be less selfish and just really give a lot more. Hey, can I ask Mr. Ben one more question? It's about being a new dad. Absolutely. So Mr. Ben, what are you most excited about when you look to the future as a dad? Yeah, I had to think about this uh, for a minute and I'd say that I, I really look forward to getting to play games and, and sports with my kids growing up and getting to do like activities like that, going on trips, adventures, um, just spending life together. Uh, honestly, 
probably the thing I'm most looking forward to is relationships, like mm-hmm. having those deepening and growing relationships that I've seen with my own family and I've seen with my father-in-law and uh, his family. Like I, I'm just excited about that. So mm-hmm. that would be it. I would like to thank you both for joining us. I enjoyed this very much, especially the dad joke segment. Uh, I love that part. <laughs> I'm still recovering. But I'd like to make a connection back to our quote of the day, of which I could say, if being a father is worth doing, then it's worth doing well. As we end this episode, we'd like to thank our guests, co-hosts, and you, our listeners. Please stay tuned for future episodes as we dive deeper into more interviews and relevant topics. This podcast would not be available without the hard work of students and our production team. All music and sound effects are courtesy of Pixabay.com, a vibrant community of creatives sharing copyright-free images, videos, and music. And we are signing off until next time. We are students incorporated because your voice matters.